Hello there, boxing fans around the world. Thanks for joining me once again here on Talk and Fight for another episode of Boxing News Today. Courtesy of our friends across the internet and uh, far and wide, all I can see is news about the uh, good old Tyson Fury, Alexander Usyk debacle. So let's get right into it and let's see what uh, everyone has to say about it. Uh, according to uh, Charles Brunn over at Boxing News 24, he says Tyson Fury's coach, Sugar Hill Stewart, says they never started a camp for the fight with IBF WBA WBO heavyweight champ Alexander Usyk for their bout scheduled for April 29th, whether that was to be held in the Middle East or to be held in London, England, it didn't matter at this point. The revelation indicates that Fury may never have been serious about fighting Usyk. Assuming Fury, Fury did want the match, says uh, Brun, he was overlooking the threat that Usyk 20-0, 13 knockouts posed to him and believed that he still could win with an abbreviated training camp. As cocksure as Fury is about believing he can beat anyone on the planet, it's possible that he felt that a victory over Usyk would be a 100% deal where he would just win by showing up regardless of what shape he was in. As it turns out, Fury is lucky that Usyk's promoter rejected his crazy demands because he might have gotten a licking. He wouldn't soon forget from Alexander. According to Sugarhill, He's been preparing Lawrence O'Coley for his fight on Saturday night against David Light, who uh, was interviewed by Mike Orr uh, last week. Uh, and that fight takes place this upcoming Saturday, I believe. And uh, and Fury had never begun camp uh, to prepare him for that Usyk fight, according to uh, Sugar Hill. Anyway, the talks between uh, Fury and Usyk's promoters fell apart on Wednesday, as we reported with the two reportedly chase, choosing to end their discussions after disagreeing on the purse split for the rematch. Fury wanted a 50-50 split for the rematch, by the way. Everybody forgot that I'm training Lawrence Acoli and his fight is in Manchester, Sugar Stewart said. My flight ticket leaves March 28th. I want Fury to fight the best, and he wants to fight the best. Hey, it happens when it happens. We have no control over it. All we can do is sit and control things that we have control over and wait and see what happens. I really don't care because I'm here. Focus on Lawrence Acoli. I'm here for Lawrence. Tyson was in the gym with us, but I didn't train Tyson. We didn't do pads. We didn't do anything like that with Usyk. I'm training Lawrence. It's more likely that Fury was just pulling everyone's legs from the get-go about its intention of fighting Usyk, says Brun, and that he was never going to take that matchup because it's a bad style matchup for him. Usyk is an athletic heavyweight who moves constantly and wouldn't be a lump for Fury to use his mauling style. Fury would likely run out of gas after three or four rounds against Usyk and would lack the energy to fight hard for the final eight or nine rounds to win. At this point in Fury's career, he's become a slow one-dimensional fighter who lazily throws a single punch or double jab and then falls forward to clinch and lean on his opponents with his bear-like weight. The forces of gravity and Fury's aging body seem too much for him to move around the ring like he did when he was a younger, spry heavyweight. It's a sluggish style that Fury uses, but typical among aging heavyweights who are chubby and lack the energy to fight hard for three minutes of every round. We see that a lot with older heavyweights. It's all they can do, throw a few shots before needing to grab their opponents in a clinch to rest and maul. So there you have it from my friend Charles Brunn. 
and that's followed up by news uh, reported by Barry Holbrook, uh, also from boxnews24.com, who says, Eddie Hearn has the idea of Anthony Joshua fighting WBC heavyweight champ Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder, challenging then IBF, WBA, WBO champ Alexander Usyk, with the winners of these two fights battling for the undisputed championship. Sorry. Uh, <clears throat> the best chance of this plan happening is if Joshua defeats Fury because with the Gypsy King out of the equation eliminates the huge headaches that would result from him playing a side power play in negotiations with the Usyk Wilder winner. You can imagine how Fury would wreck any chances of an undisputed championship by offering the winner of the Usyk versus Wilder fight a smaller purse split, giving them a deadline and walking away if they didn't agree to his terms. At this point in Fury's career, he's filthy rich with a vast fortune estimated at $65 million US and arguably highly eccentric. If Fury were poor, he'd likely go for Hearn's idea of earning the undisputed championship, but he's too rich to want to go along with that plan unless he gets a lion's share in the fights he competes in. It's a highly ambitious plan on Hearn's part, and it's unclear whether any of it will happen because he doesn't promote Fury, Usyk, or Wilder. Adherence plan, let's recap. One, Anthony Joshua takes on Tyson Fury. Two, Deontay Wilder takes on Alexander Usyk. Three, the winner versus the winner for the undisputed. <laughs> oh, I'm giving up on this story. All right, I'm moving along to what uh, Anthony Joshua has to say about all this. Anti Joshua, according to uh, Declan Taylor over BoxingScene.com, he says Anti Joshua will not sit around and wait for a fight with Tyson Fury following the apparent collapse of the Gypsy Kings unification with Alexander Usyk. It was revealed on Tuesday, and uh, then uh, reported on Wednesday that the proposed April 29th clash between Fury and Usyk at Wembley Stadium had fallen through after another disagreement with the contract. Now Team Music have stated they will move on to fulfill their mandatory obligations with the WBA as they bid to keep hold of the WBA, WBO, IBO, and IBF titles. That would leave Fury without a dance partner for the summer, and Joshua could emerge as an option should he beat Jermaine Franklin at the O2 on April 1st. But Joshua, who says he's been stung by talking up a fight with Fury before, insists he would be happy to retire without ever facing the six foot six foot nine WBA champion. Joshua said, I will be real. As much as I like to entertain the gossip and fury situation, I've been there twice and people don't remember that. I was supposed to fight him before I fought Usyk for the first time and he pulled out due to his legal case, the arbitration with Wilder. That was all up in the air and done online. Then we had this one for December. Will the fight with me and him get made? I don't know. Look at all the shit they're going through right now with you sick. Uh, it's just crazy. I don't publicize things, so it's actually good that people are starting to see what goes on in negotiations. It's good that people can actually see the shit that people have to put up with to make a fight. Me and you sick got two successful fights done. It's just crazy. I cannot say it. I'm just going to sit around and wait for this geezer. There are other great fights out there that I can have. Without Fury on my record, I will not wake up tomorrow and regret my whole boxing career. If he's on it, I'm on it. If he's not, he's not. Whatever. Let's move along to another uh, matter arising in the heavyweight division, and that is comments made uh, concerning Jarrell Miller and what, uh, quite frankly, Dillian White had to say about his 
Miller's recent victory. Life-changing money, worldwide fame, and the opportunity to secure a long-standing dream of becoming a world champion all slipped through the fingers of Jarrell Miller. This comes courtesy of uh, Hans uh, Demestore, by the way, out of BoxingScene.com. He said, initially, the garrulous heavyweight contender out of Brooklyn, New York, was set to take center stage against former unified champ Andy Joshua back on June 1st, 2019. However, due to a long string of failed drug tests, Miller, 26-0-1, by the way, 22 knockouts, was immediately removed from their clash and ultimately given a two-year ban. Having served his suspension, the now 33-year-old is on the comeback trail. Although he's gone on to pick up three consecutive victories, Miller finds himself smack dab in the center of criticism. After ripping through two journeymen, Miller took a considerable step up in class this past weekend. At the Agenda Arena in Dubai, Miller squared off against formidable title holder Lucas Brown. In what amounted to a back-and-forth brawl, Miller maintained his undefeated record by stopping his man in the sixth round of their main event clash. As Miller continues to work out the kinks in his armor, Dillian White plopped down on his couch, flipped on his television set, and took in the sights. Although a win is a win, in White's view, there was nothing impressive about Miller whatsoever. He said on his social media account, and I quote, Miller is so, 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 so shit. White, much like Miller, is hoping to position himself for a showdown against one of the heavyweight division elite. When last seen, the 35-year-old contender eked out a controversial majority decision win over Jermaine Franklin. With Joshua now scheduled to take on Franklin on April 1st at the O2 Arena, there's growing sentiment that the former Olympic gold medalist could rekindle his rivalry with, right, with, with White. The two originally met in December of 2019, with Joshua becoming the first man to defeat White, doing so via seventh round stoppage. Now that's about all the heavyweight news I have for today. It's ongoing. Let's have a look at uh, what's happening in, in uh, super middleweight uh, with respect to David Benavidez. Interim WBC super middleweight champ David Benavidez says he's going to go to the WBC to have them force undisputed 168-pound champ Canelo Alvarez face him next if he defeats Caleb Plant this Saturday night on March 25th. And that's a headliner uh, event shown on uh, Showtime pay-per-view. Benavidez, as we all know, undefeated, 26-0, 23 knockouts, says he's been Canelo's WBC mandatory for the past two fights, and the sanctioning body still hasn't ordered the fight for some reason. Some boxing fans believe the WBC has been protecting Canelo by not ordering him to defend his belt against Benavidez. You can't blame Benavidez for wanting to have the WBC force Canelo to fight him because if he sits back and waits, he may never get a chance to fight the Mexican star before he retires. The WBC still hasn't forced WBC middleweight champ Jermel Charlo to defend his belt in the last two years either. Uh, says Benavidez, I want to fight Canelo to prove that I'm the best at 168, but if he doesn't want to fight then, of course, that's the route I'll go. Uh, when asked if he'll go the WBC route to force them to order the Canelo Alvarez fight if he's victorious against Caleb Plant on Saturday night. He said, uh, I've been mandatory for the past two fights. It's now my turn to fight for the title. But first things first, I'm taking care of business on March 25th. That's what I am. 
I've always shown that offensive side of me. I've worked on the defensive side of me as well for this fight. Like I said, I'm going to have to bring every weapon out of my arsenal to get the knockout over Caleb Plant. I want to follow in that great line of Mexican fighters, try to live in the moment. It's a beautiful moment. All these people took their time to come see, and I'm very grateful, said Benavides. Now that I know I can get there, now that I know that I can get here, the sky's the limit that I can continue to be here. This is where I've wanted to be my whole life. I want to continue to work hard. I'd be satisfied with a victory, but I'll be disappointed in myself. I've been taking a lot of shit, so I want to go and get the knockout. Like I said, I've heard everybody I've been in the ring with. I can definitely get it with the right shots. As you may recall in yesterday's newscast, we did report that he uh, had to deal with being called, hmm, what was the word, chubby or flabby? I can't remember uh, what Cale Plant was talking about. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, Cale Plant also had something to say about comments made with respect to uh, his uh, daughter. Anyway, onwards and upwards, we go to another uh, result coming to us courtesy of the uh, Emerald Queen Casino in Tacoma, Washington. Uh, professional boxing made its long-awaited return to the Emerald Queen Casino in Tacoma, Washington. Uh, oh, sorry, this is in the future. Professional boxing makes its long-awaited return to the Emerald Queen Casino in Tacoma, Washington on Friday, April 7th, when Toro Promotions Incorporated, in association with Whitfield Hayden, brings a seven-bout card to the state, uh, to the state-of-the-art EQC Event Center starting at 8 p.m., I imagine that's Pacific time. Uh, at stake in the main event will be a matchup for the WBA Federal featherweight title when Mexico's upset specialist Angel Antonio Cochoro Contreras, 15-5-2, takes on Colombian Brandon Valdez, 14-3, in what figures to be a rough 10-round affair. A uh, quick little update on Jermel Charlo. Looks like WBO interim 154-pound champ Tim Sayu should get his unified world championship opportunity against the undisputed super welterweight champ Jermel Charlo in July or August. Charlo gave an update on his hand injury to Brian Custer on the Last Stand podcast. He said, the hand is going. I'm just doing everything I can with rehab. Charlo said, I have not punched yet. When you break two bones in one hand, it takes a lot. The hand is real delicate. But these are my money makers. <laughs> it's going to be stronger than it was before. Quick little result uh, to report. Lightweight Muhammad El Buffalo Negro Samuro, 13-1, pummeled previously undefeated Angel El Chocolatito Vasquez, 12-1, for eight brutal and one-sided rounds on Wednesday night at the Pro Box Event Center in Plant City, Florida. After prolonged punishment, Vasquez corner finally stopped the fight at two minutes and 50 seconds, as I said, in the eighth round. Uh, elsewhere on that bout, in the clash of unbeaten welterweights, Axel Melendez, 6-0, took a six-round majority decision over uh, DeMontes uh, Duncan, now 8-1, scores being 57-57, 58-56, 58-56. And... Unbeaten junior welterweight Omar Rosario, now 10-0, scored a first-round knockout against Zach Hill. A body shot put Hill down for the count. The time was 2 minutes, 32 seconds, as I said, of that first round. And there you have it, sports fans. That's all the news fit to print today in the world of boxing. Thank you very much. Appreciate it, Monty. And uh, 
Remember to like, share, subscribe, hit that notification bell. We'll see you later on at 4 p.m. when I join Cedric Ben and Mike Gore on their show, Knuckle Up. Thank you.